All right. It's good seeing everybody this morning. I praise the Lord for each one of y'all who are here today in our new facility. And I praise God. Amen. God gets the glory. Amen. I do hope that you are able to walk around and take in the facility that God has blessed us with. And this is a blessing from the Lord. Amen. Amen. Every bit of it. This entire campus is a blessing of the Lord. And here's the one thing I wanted to make sure. We just prayed about it. Chris just led us in prayer in the back to say this same thing. As beautiful as this building is and this facility is, God's the same here as he was in the other building as he is in the other church that's lifting his name. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So praise God you're here this morning. Chris is about to lead us. Chris and the guys here back behind me are about to lead us in worship. But let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Things are going to be a little different today. There's not scripture reading, things of that nature. We're just going to worship, study his word, and worship some more today to bring in the the spirit of God into this place. Amen? Amen? Amen. If you bow your heads with me. Father God, I just come before you this morning to praise your name, to thank you that you are Lord of Lords, King of Kings, and that regardless of what the enemy may try to do, regardless of the the spirit bombs he may throw in amongst us, regardless of how incredibly mischievous he can be, you are Lord of Lords. And greater are you who's within us who are within this building than he who's within this world. So God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that we will adhere to you cling to you, grab the hem of your garment, if we will, and just, God, I pray your Holy Spirit will pour out, anoint us, fill us, and God, may we leave this place acknowledging that you are God. Father, whether it be in song, whether it be in the word, maybe whatever it is, may we leave here knowing that we know that we have been consecrated by your grace. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Chris, you want to check? There we go. One, two, one, two, three. Whoa. Many a dream has died Like a tree planted by the water Never will run dry So living water flowing through God we thirst for more of you Fill our hearts and flood our souls With one desire Just to know you and to make you known, we lift your name on high. Shine like the sun, make darkness run and hide. We know we were made for so much more than ordinary lives. It's time for us to more than just survive. Oh, 
know our Father's heart. And to the world we're reaching out just to show them who you are. Living water flowing through. God, we thirst for more of you. Fill our hearts and flood our souls with one desire. Just to so blessed to be here, um, and I, I think it's more than appropriate that the first thing that we do in this building is just give thanks to the one who gave it to us. Amen. Let's continue in praise this morning. We're going to keep singing. Um, this is Your Grace is Enough. Great is your faithfulness, O oh God. 
You wrestle with the sinner's heart. You lead us by still waters and your mercy. And nothing can keep us apart. So remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Great is your love and justice, God. You use the weak to lead the strong. You lead us in the song of your salvation. And all your people sing along. So remember your people. Remember your children. Remember your promise, O oh God. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough for me. Sing that again. Your grace. Your grace is enough. Your grace is enough. So remember, so remember your people, remember your children, remember your promise, so oh God. Your grace is enough, your grace is enough, your grace is enough for me. song set on like a slow song, but I, I didn't think that was really appropriate this morning. So we're going to have some fun. This is, uh, this is I Ran Out of That Grave, and we hope that you join us in yelling and having some fun this morning. Let's, uh, let's light this house up and see how loud we can get. I was buried beneath my shame. 
Who could carry that kind of weight? It was my turn till I met you. I was breathing, but not alive. All my failures, I tried to hide. It was my turn Till I met you You called my name And I ran out of that grave Out of the darkness Into your glorious day You called my name And I Into your glorious day. Now your mercy has saved my soul. Now your freedom is all I know. The old made new. Jesus, when I met you, oh, what a day, when you called my name, and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness, into your glorious day, you called my name, and I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness into your glorious day. I needed rescue. My sin was heavy, but chains break at the weight of your glory. I needed shelter. I was an orphan. Now you call me a citizen of heaven. When I was broken, you were my healing. Now your love is the air that I'm breathing. I have a future, my eyes are open. Cause when you call my name, I ran out of that grave. Out of the darkness, into your glorious day. You call my name, and I ran out of that grave, out of the darkness, into your glorious day. Amen. Give God the glory one more time. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for Sutherland Springs Praise Team leading us that way. Thanks, guys. And, and Brittany, it's every, I say this every time you come back. It's good to have you back up there, baby. Amen. If you didn't know, Miss Brittany is an A&M graduate now. <laughs> Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Joshua. 
Joshua chapter 4. Joshua chapter 4. If you didn't know, and I'd said this a, a little bit throughout the week. Actually, I said it a whole lot. This is a dedication service we're going to have this morning. The memorial service is the next service where we're going to do the reading of the names and, and memorialize the things that was the cost of this building, if you will. But we are going to talk a little bit this morning about dedicating this building back unto the Lord. And when I say that, what do I mean? Many people, many artists wouldn't even know the name, but there's a Bertotto de Giovanni is a name that should reverberate amongst art critics and such. But there are many who don't know his name, but yet he was the pupil of Donatello, who was probably the greatest sculptor of his day. And he was the teacher of Michelangelo, who many would say is the greatest sculptor of all time. Now, I share that for this reason. Michelangelo was brought to Giovanni when he was 14 years old. He, had, he was already showing incredible talent. He was already showing uh, the, the propensity to be a protege, that there was incredible things going on with the talent that God had given him. Well, Bertolo was wise enough to realize that sometimes when people are gifted, they tend to coast rather than grow. And he knew that he needed to apply pressure on Michelangelo. Well, one day he comes in to the studio and he finds Michelangelo toying with a, a piece of sculpture that was far beneath his capabilities, way below what he could do. And he got angry. And when he got angry, he went and he got a hammer. And, and the story says that he stomped back across the, the studio and he went over before Michelangelo and just started busting up the, the sculpture, just busted into a thousand pieces. And he shouted as he did so, Michelangelo, talent is cheap but dedication is costly. And guys, that's what I want us to think about this morning. Dedication is costly. This building in which we are privileged this morning to reside, this building that we can worship together in this morning, praise God for it, but it has been costly to many of us, physically, mentally, emotionally. And for 26 of our precious Friends and family, it costs them everything. The high cost of dedication that this building has, I think I would be remiss if it didn't make me think about Solomon's temple and the dedication that was within the book of Kings as well. But Solomon, when he dedicated the, 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 the temple, that, that even today there are those who still revere what's left of that temple yeah, it, it was costly. Now, when we think of dedication, oftentimes we think of a, a ship, you know, rolling down the ramp and busting the champagne bottle on the front of it. Or we think about a building with a, a, a ribbon in the front and cutting the ribbon. But what does it mean to have dedication unto God? What does it mean to dedicate something unto the Lord? In, in 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 5, it says that they could sacrifice so many cattle and sheep that it was unnumberable. There were so many. And also, in, when Solomon went in, in chapter 8 of 1 Kings, it said in verse 62, uh, Morgan, I got you a list of scriptures, but I left it over there. I don't know if you got it, so just fly with me. 1 Kings eight sixty-two. the king and all Israel with him were offering sacrifices in the Lord's presence. Solomon offered a sacrifice of fellowship offerings to the Lord. 22,000 cattle, 120,000 sheep, and in this manner, the king and all the Israelites dedicated the Lord's temple. 
Back up, it says that, the, that this was offering for the Lord's presence. The offering that Solomon was putting forth that day to the, to the temple there, to the God, it was, it, you could say that this was a, 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 a fellowship offering. This was a time when, when God was going to be represented. It represented communion between the Lord and his people as they upkept the, and conformed to the covenant obligations, if you will, that they sat before him. But it was more than that. It was also an opportunity for them to have a place of prayer. In fact, in, if you go back to verse 49, let me go back over there. In verse 49, it says, may you forgive your people. This is Solomon, actually back up. May you hear in heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and petition, and uphold their cause. May you forgive your people who sinned against you and all their rebellions against you. The entire prayer of Solomon, it's, I pray you go back and read the entire prayer, but I think it can be summarized in those two verses. When he was dedicating that building, that building, the intent of that prayer was to say that this was going to be a place where God's people could gather together inside, God hear their prayers, and forgive his people. Folks, this building, as beautiful as it is, is a gathering place for you and I to come together, uphold and lift up one another, but most of all, pray together to the one who sustains us always. Amen? That's what this building is for. That's what we're gathering together here today for. That's what we will gather every time, whether it be in the education wing, fellowship hall, here. We are coming together to ask God, here we are, Lord, guide us, direct us, forgive us. This, this building, as beautiful as it is, and all the expense and concern that's gone into this church is made of stone and wood and, and glass and other materials, but it is the heart of the people within that's been cleansed by God that tells us where and what we're going to do. Praise God, we are going to dedicate this building as a temple of prayer. But we need to be a temple of, 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 of consecration as we come into it to pray. Amen? As we come together, we should be able to open our heart and say, Lord, here we are. If this temple is going to be a building of praise, if this temple is going to be a building of prayer, if this is going to be a building of education of God's word, then we need to look to ourselves before we ever look to the building. We need to look to who we are. We need to figure out what, what we are in God's building. Now, there's an illustration, a great story of this in the book of Joshua. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, in the book of Joshua. The people of Israel are, are, are traveling around. They, they are a community that's been sustained by God. They are a community that understands who God is. They're a community that have seen incredible workings of the Lord around them. They were chased out by Pharaoh at one point and split the Red Sea. They'd seen their enemies conquered and, and God had worked incredible things. But now in the book of Joshua, they're about ready to cross over and they're going to finally claim the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're about to claim the land to where their new temple is going to be. They're about to claim the land that God is going to give them. Now this is the second time around. The first time was with Moses. But there was a problem with Moses. Not with Moses, but with the people during Moses' time. The people at that time were not relying on God's hand. And they were crying and they were moaning. And all but two of them died out in the desert because they didn't trust the Lord. But the two that trust the Lord, Caleb and Joshua, those two are coming back. And now Joshua is leading them. And, and this is the land that the Lord had commanded them to have. But now he's commanding them, prepare for the crossing. 
You're about to move into this new territory. You're about to move into this land that, that was promised to your forefathers. You finally, because you've put your heart in my, my hands, I am going to give you this land, but you have to prepare. And in Joshua chapter 3, verse 5, Joshua's speaking to the people, and he says, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord's going to do amazing works through you. Think about this. They are about to cross over into a new building. They're about to cross over into a new land that had been promised to them. They are crossing over into where the power of God is going to reside. But before they do, they are being told, consecrate yourselves for the great work that God's about to do in you. Folks, I would say that's the verse that we need to to grab a hold of this morning as well. We need to look to ourselves. We need to get ready. For what God's going to do in this place. And to be used by him. Amen. We need to be the worthy vessels to be consecrated and, and filled with his grace. We need, they need it and we need to be clean before the Lord. Now what did that mean? Outer purification meant washing the clothes. It meant cleaning their bodies. Abstaining from the, the impurities of, of, of the flesh if you will. But what it really was talking about was the consecration of the spirit. It meant that they needed to go back and be in prayer. They needed to be right with God. They needed to make sure that their heart was in a place. That they were sanctified. That their heart consisted of a a spiritual purification that in faith and trust was in God. Their willingness to obey in obedience his commandments. What Joshua was telling them, get back, check your lives, check yourself, check your spirit, get on your knees. Don't worry about your wife, don't worry about your neighbor, don't worry about brother so-and-so across the street, what he's doing over there. He's saying, every one of you now go, get on your knees and consecrate yourself before the Lord. Why? Because he is about to do miraculous things through you. He is going to work a miracle through you. Now the people, they don't know exactly what's happening yet. Joshua knows. Joshua knows what's about to happen. And he tells them, you better go back and consecrate yourselves. You better go back and be ready. Why is that so important? They were going to the next day to be in the presence of a holy God. They were entering into the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it was called the Holy Land then. It's still called the Holy Land today. And folks, I would share with you that when we, are, we can call God's house, whether it be this beautiful facility here, or it could be a tent out in the middle of the desert somewhere, when God's in the middle of it, it's the Holy Land. And we need to be consecrated. And that's what he's telling them then. And that's what we need to understand is that we are stepping into this new place. There, there is miracles going to happen. Now, what happened to, Isaac, uh, to Joshua? The river is at flood stage. The Jordan is flowing. It is flowing. Many historians say this was even a greater passing than the Red Sea. The river is at flood stage. It's flowing down in an incredible way. And it says that when the, the, the priests came forward. They were at the front. They had the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders. And they're walking in front of the whole people of Israel. And when their feet touched the water, the water stopped. The water, it says, backed up on each side. It stood up in a heap on both sides. The water flowing down from the Sea of Araba starts going up. The, the Salt Sea, there's nothing coming from that way. The water starts piling up as it just stops. And the priests are looking at this and they're seeing the water stop on each side. And now you know what is going through their mind at that point, I think? I hope everybody behind me is consecrated. Because they're about to walk out into the middle of these walls of water. Now, I don't know about you, but if I know that there's a propensity for drowning, I don't particularly want to go out there. 
But they knew that their Lord was in, that they were in the Lord's hands. They knew that God had this. They knew that they were consecrated. And they were praying that everybody behind them was consecrated as well. And they said, this is what the Lord said. We're going to attain the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is our holy land. This is our holy vessel. This is our temple. If God says to take it, then we're going to take it. And we're going to do so by consecrating ourselves. And they walked out into the middle. And as the priests got in the middle... Think about that for just a second. I wish I could have the visual. that uh, The water's just piling up. The one side's still piling up, and it's getting deeper on the sides. That fear of drowning would have been real. That fear of drowning, was, was just as it would be real with us today, would have been real in Joshua's time. But they had their faith, not in the river, not in themselves. In fact, the people didn't have the faith in their priests. Their faith was in God. And that's why Joshua told him the day before, don't worry about me, worry about yourself. Go and get consecrated before the Lord. So the river's in flood stage. They walk out there and they are crossing this on the promise that God is going to take care of everything. The the ark is on their shoulders and the priests are standing in the middle. Now remember, they, they had the stories. Their descendants had crossed the Red Sea. They knew those stories. They had heard how, how Pharaoh's men had got washed away. They had heard the stories but they had not witnessed it. In other words, they had to be consecrated in such a fashion right now that they, not their forefathers, they had to have the faith. They had to have the the propensity of understanding, my God is real. My God is still powerful. My God, that though there's been all the death in the desert in the last 40 years, though so many generations have been lost, though that there was hunger and, and thirst here and there, I am going into the land that was promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am going into the land that God has promised me. I am going into the holy land. And God said, if I consecrate myself, I'm going to take a step of faith and he's going to give it to me. And they walked out there. The priests carried the Ark of the Covenant and and stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. And then the whole nation of Israel starts passing them. What a feeling to watch the walls of water. Can you imagine passing by, looking at all these walls of water, and they just remain stacked on each side. The priests are standing in the middle. But I can guarantee you that all the people walking too are looking at the water as they go by, thinking, I hope my neighbor, I know what he did last week. I sure hope he repented. I know what my wife's been yelling at me about. I hope she repented. Hopefully some of them are thinking, I know what I did last week, and I'm, I hope I'm repented. They were crossing that river Jordan, and it was on dry land. And they're thinking, wow, I hope and I pray everybody is consecrated. I hope and I pray everything's right. I, I hope we're going to get across, and they get there. Now the priests, are, I'm sure they're thinking, what if somebody's not clean enough? What if they, what if they don't have enough faith to bring God's uh, exercising of his power? But God said, you trust me. They trusted him, they had consecrated themselves, and they made it to the other side. Hallelujah. But here's the thing. They get to the other side, the priests are in the middle out here, and they got the the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders, and they're thinking, all right, everything's good. And Joshua says, no, y'all stay there. And he turns around and says, I want one man from each tribe, 12 men, to go out there and grab a stone. And the priests are thinking, the water's right here, guy. You know, we all got across. Can I please get out of the way now? But Joshua says, no, go back and get the stone. And so they're standing there saying, okay, I hope they were consecrated. They were obviously consecrated well enough to get across once. Let's hope it was good enough for twice. 
and they have the ark on their shoulders and these men come out and they grab a rock and each one takes a rock back to that other side and each one takes it to the other side and the priests realize okay we're still good and they get out of the water and they're on the other side in Joshua chapter 4 this is what I want to make sure we understand this morning and if you're wondering why we didn't go through different song sets and all the agenda, they actually put me on a time schedule today. Anybody that knows me knows there's no clocks in this room. <laughs> oh, so I'm going to have a clock from the, uh, from the outside. In, in Joshua chapter 4, starting in verse 20, it says, Then Joshua set up Gilgal, the tw- 12 stones they had taken from... Sorry, got to put them on. Hey, I can see. (laughs) Hey, there's people. I'm sorry. Then Joshua set up in Gilgal the 12 stones they had taken from the Jordan. And he said to the Israelites, when your children ask their fathers in the future, what is the meaning of these stones? You should tell your children, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, just as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before the before us until we had crossed over. This is, and this is imperative. Listen to this verse 24 this morning. This is so that all the people of the earth may know that the preacher was good, that the priests in the middle were consecrated and good, that the people uh, did some kind of, uh, followed through on some kind of tradition. They followed through on some kind of ritual. No, what does he say? This is so that all the people of the earth may know that the Lord's hand is mighty and that you may always fear the Lord thy God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Folks, this church, this building, if you will, is not about us. It's about God. It's not about Sutherland Springs. It's about God. But we have been blessed in Sutherland Springs to be used by God and be a part of his ministry. But we're all going to be gone one day. And generation after generation after generation can look to this building and remember not, oh, there's a building. They're going to remember the price that was paid for this building to be here and say, look at what God can do out of the ashes of tragedy. He can bring forth the flowers of redemption. He can bring forth grace. He can bring forth power. And year after year after year after year, no matter how bad it may be, they can look to that temple on the hill. They can look to that from Lavernia, Stockdale, wherever. Then they can see that church miles away and say, if God can do it, there then he can do it right here too that's the purpose of this building guys that's the purpose of what God has done here it's not to glorify us it's to praise his name this is this this building guys is still just bricks stone wood glass it is the heart of the people that God wants to reach down and remind. He did this so that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord and the power within it. Hallelujah. That's what we need to remember. When we come to this building, there's so many that try to say, oh, that building's this or that building's that. This building is a gathering place of God's people and a testament, just like those rocks that were stacked that day, 
When people look back to those rocks, they're going to say, my God was able to split the River Jordan so that the people could inherit the land that had been promised to them through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And now when they look to Southern Springs, they're going to say, that was the land that was given and empowered because God promised them that they would have the faith and the power of God to change the world. Folks, the Holy Spirit that abides within you, that abides within me, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's where we're going to go with it. This is where we come to get recharged. This is where we're going to come to lift up our loved ones in prayer. This is where we're going to pray for our leaders in this country. This is where we're going to pray for the churches around us. Folks, there, one thing we should learn from this tragedy, there are denominational differences. There are doctrinal differences if somebody wants to sit and discuss this and that around the table. But when it comes down to where people, where the boots are on the ground, there's one God, one created being, and we share the gospel. That's what's important. That's what I pray this church represents. That's what we're dedicating here today. Is not the power of the builders, not the power of Sutherland Springs, not the this or that. It is the power of an almighty God. That tower of stones was a visual aid to the Israelites. And praise God, may this church forever be a visual aid, not just to this community. We live in an age where I bet you there's TVs out there right now broadcasting all over this country. We live in an age where this building can show not what the building is, but the power of an almighty God of what he did in Sutherland Springs. Jerry and I was able to speak this past Monday and Tuesday in D.C. And one of the th questions that was posed to me was how and why in Sutherland Springs, when you look at all the other tragedies, why is it that Sutherland Springs seems to be prospering and growing and moving ahead? And I was able to answer very heartfeltly. I said, because I have been blessed as a pastor to be amongst a bunch of people who chose not to look to themselves, but to choose to look beyond themselves to others. And by looking to others, looking to Christ, and in so doing, they chose to move up and out rather than down and sad. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God gets the glory for that. God gets all the glory for that, guys. And he's doing it through each one of us. We are to remind ourselves of his grace. This building should remind us of his grace, of his provision, of, of, of the power working in this place. When we look back over what he's done these last 18 months, we should recognize and realize, thank you, Jesus. We are here today for the same reason as the Israelites. We are here this morning. They had a tower of rocks. We have a tower of rocks. But our tower of rocks, we can actually gather inside and communicate to the Lord. And here's something I want to point out. Joshua had them stack up the rocks of the River Jordan. And they were showing what God had done for them in the Old Testament as they were able to go and take the land that was promised to them promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We live in the age of Christendom. We live in the age of Christ. We come into a position now in 2 Peter verse 1. It says, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 1. So rid yourselves of all wickedness, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all slander. What is that saying? Sanctify myself. We are to sanctify ourselves and he says, like newborn infants, desire the unadulterated spiritual milk so that you may grow by it in your salvation. Since you have tasted, the Lord is to come. Coming to him, 
a living stone rejected by men, but chosen and valuable to God. Here we go. This is every one of us that knows Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You, I like that word right there, you, yourselves, as living stones are being built into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Joshua stacked the rocks of the river Jordan. Jesus Christ is going to stack the rocks of the living house. That is you. That is me. That is us. This building is a place for the living stones to come together. He it is he who cleanses us from all our sin. It is he who cleanses us through the blood of Jesus Christ. When we commit our lives, excuse me, I don't think I've ever sneezed at the pulpit. I don't, I don't think I ever have. Sorry. ADD kicking in. Anyway. I don't even know where I was at. Oh, the gospel. (laughs) We are those living stones. If you have been cleansed by the blood of the lamb. Joshua told the people, go and sanctify yourself. Jesus says, come on to me and I will sanctify you. He cleanses us and we become the stones. This is important to recognize because I think this is the difference between many people who look to the building as the church and those who look to the people as the church. I have shared, in fact, I shared on a radio program just again this morning before church services that this building, as beautiful as it is, and I am thankful for it, and it's glorious, and we got sound, we got lights. In fact, we got so much technology in here, I'm not even going to try to learn it. But it is nothing without the heart of the people. It is the people who are the living stones that have been washed by the blood. And guys, if you want to be a part of the amazing works that he's going to do amongst us, as Joshua told his people, I'm saying that Peter has now told us, if we want to be a part of the amazing works that, we, uh, that he is going to do, then we need to sanctify ourselves. How do we sanctify ourselves? By going to Christ. This building is, is, is going to commemorate... What the Lord has done and is doing. This building will be a testament of what he has done throughout the last 18 months and is going to continue to do. But he is going to build his name upon you and I. We are the stones that people should look to, whether we're in this building, in our workplace, in our family, in our schools, wherever we are, that's where God's name is going to be lifted. This building is just to show what God has done when he sent out his living stones. Praise God for the rocks we have around us. Praise God for the floor underneath us, the chairs in which we sit. And as muggy and nasty as outside, praise God for the air conditioners outside. But praise God for the blood of the Lamb that washes the spirit that lasts eternal. One day this building won't be here. One day it's all going to go away. But the spirit is eternal. Folks, the cross of Jesus Christ literally spans the gulf between man and God. It crosses us over from life through death into a life in Christ. If we will receive the cross, that's the important thing here, guys. That's the main thing. And one of the things I love about this building, no matter where you're sitting, look at a window, you're going to see a cross. I love the fact that we are saying it's the cross of Jesus Christ that bridges man to God. The question is, will you be willing to bridge that? Will you be willing to take that cross, that gift? Joshua told the people that day, 
Consecrate yourselves so that you are ready for the mighty works that God's going to do through you tomorrow. Peter tells us now that Christ has come and shed that sacrificial blood on the cross. For those that don't know, the wages of sin is death. And the only way of redemption is through the blood. And the only blood that was worthy was he that knew no sin became our sin and shed his blood on the cross of Calvary. But he said, whomsoever believes in me shall not perish. If we believe that he is the son of God, that he arose again on the third day, and we profess that before men, so shall he profess you before the Father. You want to sanctify yourself? You can't go down here in the Sibilo and grab a rock. You got to grab the rock, which is Jesus Christ. This morning, we are dedicating this building as a building of prayer. As, a, as an illustration to all the community and all the world of the power of an almighty God. Of the power of a God who reached into Sutherland Springs when its heart was incredibly broken. Reached into families that have lost and gave up so much. And that hand reached in. And because we chose to look up, he reached down and took our hand. And today, this building now stands as a testament to how high he keeps picking us back up. This building we dedicate, but your hearts only he can sanctify. If you're here this morning and you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then I would ask you, I know this is a different kind of service and there's a lot going on today. But the best way to commemorate the day and the best way to dedicate the building is to make sure that your heart is right with the Lord. Because I guarantee you, he is going to do amazing works. Already has, is doing so today, and I know he's going to continue to do so tomorrow. And he wants you to be a part of that. So if you have never given your heart to the Lord, the, the guys are going to come up here, and we're going to have a word, a song, and I want to give you an opportunity to come to this altar. Then they're going to lead us in a couple more songs. But I... I I almost said, you know, we can just go by this, but I don't ever feel as though I should preach a message and not give you that opportunity to accept him. Now, you can pray right where you are. You can, you can pray with a brother or sister. You can come up here and I'll pray with you. But if your heart, if you feel the Lord telling you this morning that he wants to do mighty things in your life tomorrow, if you'll consecrate yourself today, make that happen. Now, if you're here and you do know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you realize, you know, I'm just not where I need to be. Isn't it great we serve a Lord who said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you are having times where you don't think you're seeing Christ, it's not that Christ has left you. One, maybe you've left Christ. Maybe you've turned and looked the other way. Or two, he's telling you it's rough, but I'm right here. Just like I was right there with Sutherland Springs and still here. Where are you this morning? I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. And remember, don't stand if you can't or if it gets hard on your legs. But if you would stand with me, if you'd like, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And if God's telling you to come down to this altar this morning, I want to give you that opportunity. Father God, I come before you this morning and I praise you for this. I thank you for this visual illustration we have here, Lord, of, of your temple to the community. This illustration we have of your grace and your power and your mercy that you've poured out upon us, Lord God. I thank you 
that you have blessed the decision when we chose not to take chase hate and divisiveness, but that we said that evil would not win and we chose grace and mercy instead. And you have poured out your blessings upon us for that decision. God, may we continue to have that grace poured out on us now. If there's anyone here today, for whatever reason, has never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, may this be the day. Father, there may be some here today that are just waiting till the next service to hear the name of their loved one. Father, I pray they will hear it more clearly by being washed by your blood if they don't know you already. May this be the moment in their life. For such a time as this, maybe we have gathered so that you can touch the heart of your people. people. Lord, guide our actions this moment in this altar call, and may your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. If God lays it on your heart to sing, sing. If he's telling you to pray, pray. If he's telling you to come to this altar, come to this altar. Whatever it is the Lord's having you do this morning, will you do that today, Chris? feet of Jesus the greatness of his mercy and love at the feet of Jesus we cry holy 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 we cry holy holy feet of Jesus, the greatness of His mercy and love, at the feet of Jesus, we cry holy, 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 we cry holy, holy, holy. Cry, holy, holy, holy is the land. No more fears. No more fears. You've dried our tears at the feet of Jesus grace abounds to all who's found the feet of Jesus we cry holy 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 we cry holy 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 we cry holy 
Continue to sing with us. We're gonna we're gonna sing a few more songs this morning. Just take a comfortable position of worship. Stand, sit, whatever you like. Let's sing God of Wonders. Lord of all creation, of water, earth, and sky, heavens are your tabernacle, glory to the Lord on high, sing it out, God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are holy. Your majesty, you are holy, holy, Lord of heaven and earth, Lord of heaven and morning, I will celebrate the light, when I stumble in the darkness, I will call your name by night, I will call your name by night, God of wonders beyond our galaxy, you are holy. declares your majesty you are holy holy lord 
just a moment. Oh, there it is. <laughs> We're going to have another song in just a moment, but I just wanted to point out to you, if you've been here as long as I have, I remember Faith when she, like real little bitty. But Faith is coming this morning. She has accepted Jesus Christ, and she wants to be one of our baptisms next Sunday, and she's a, new, a sister in Christ this morning. Amen. So everybody in accordance with that, say amen this morning. Amen. I think they like you. <laughs> Amen. Let's sing to the Lord another song this morning. Praise God for everybody. Then we'll close in prayer. Chris. You give hope, you restore every 
every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out In our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. All the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. These bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. Your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's Your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to You only. Everybody is welcome to stay. There is, I'm told they have ordered a thousand donuts and gallons of coffee. So everybody's welcome to stay and have a good time in between and hope to see you back at 11 o'clock. David, you close us.
people, us, consecrated, ready, ready to bring your word across the world, but a place to meet and love and care for each other right here in this building. But Lord, we are the church, and we thank you for putting us here today. We thank you for everything that's happened to put us here in this place today. Lord, we ask you to forgive us if we fall short. We ask you to continue to put a love in our heart, and we thank you for the message Frank brought today. We thank you for the many things that will be happening. The second service will be here. Lead us in guidance and protect us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.